Minnesota Vikings officially introduced Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator, what we learned from that conversation, and what Brian Flores is going to need out of his secondary. Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can also find this show on Amazon Fire or Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, it's, it's a Brian Flores one. I promised you this one like last week. I've spent a lot of time getting around to this one, but here's the goal. For one, we'll talk about what Brian Flores said in the presser. If there's anything you need to know about that, it was all pretty milk toast, but we'll still go over it. Uh, but really I want you to understand how Brian Flores runs cover one. Uh, I'm pulling off of a coach Vass clinic, which you should watch the whole thing. Cause I will not get into everything he said in there. He's got visuals. He's got all the stuff. Go watch that as well. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, yell at me if I forget to. Um, but my goal is for you to get an understanding of not only how cover one works more intimately than just no, like the Madden understanding where, oh, that one is just, you know, man-to-man coverage. Um, but also what that requires of cornerbacks, because that is a question I have gotten a ton, which is what does Brian Flores, like what corners fit his scheme, Right. And I can tell you what traits that requires and and why, and hopefully we can get to a more intuitive understanding. Um, First, the press conference. It was, again, pretty expected. Um, He was asked about his lawsuit and kind of dodged that question. He did confirm that he pulled out of the Arizona job. He wasn't told that he didn't get that head coach job. He said, gut feeling, I wanted to be in Minnesota. Of course, you can say anything on the podium, so got to take it with a grain of salt. But still... A lot of kumbaya, a lot of we've got a shared vision and all the lovely little buzzwords. We're a family kind of team stuff that that O'Connell and, and Quasi Mensa have really been trying to instill. Um, when asked some schematic things, the highlights for me, Brian Flores used the word aggressive a lot. <laughs> he said we are going to be aggressive. He wants to be aggressive. Um, he made it clear, you know, we're not going to be reckless and there's a time and place and all that. But but aggression is a mentality Uh, and he wants the defense to have that mentality, which I'm sure is music to a lot of your ears. If you were sick of the soft kind of conservatism of the Donatel defense, this is kind of what I've been saying the whole time. This, this represents, you know, really a swing to the other side of that, uh, spectrum. He was asked about three, four or four, three. And his answer was, who are we playing? Which is again, something we already knew about Brian Flores, that it would be kind of a hybrid thing. And there are different versions and it depends on what their personnel is. Um, what personnel they're in on a given play and all that stuff. But he said, you know, but we'll base out of a 3-4, which is, again, very Brian Flores. But if you think that means it's the same defense as at Donatel, then you'd need to keep listening because it is not. That is, it's like saying a strawberry is the same thing as a removed beating heart of a human uh, because, well, they both have a, the vaguely same shape and they're red. 
Like, no, there's a lot of different things. Uh, and one of them involves a lot more acts of violence. <laughs> that said, um, the front structure will use more odd spacing, which if you're super geeky into that, that'll matter to you than even spacing, which is like what Mike Zimmer did. So that means, you know, stuff like Harrison Phillips in the middle, lining up over the center, that still happens. Um, you know, your your Dalvin Tomlinson plus Kyrie's Tonga next to each other kind of deal. Um, that still happens or, who, you know, whoever ends up playing those roles this year. Um, that's all there. But there's also a little bit more personnel variability and a lot more blitzing, a lot more aggression. Um, we've talked a little bit about how those blitzes work, but if you missed it, essentially when they're rushing five and you might not even call them blitzes, technically, some people really don't think that those should be called like quote unquote blitzes because they're sort of just a normal part of the pressure package. Um, but they'll get charted as blitzes a lot. So you get Brian Flores charting really, really high in blitz percentage. But I think most of that is going to be five man rushes. Um, with six and seven sprinkled in as kind of that's the risky ab- aggressive play. Um, but essentially it, it breaks out into three man stunt packages and two man stunt packages. And then, you know, inside two man, outside two man, and then three man stunt packages. Um, and then that's how the play call works. So you'll say, we'll do this three man stunt package on the strong side and that two man stunt package on the weak side, or we'll do an inside stunt package and everybody else just rushes normal. And that kind of is, is how the the play calls are organized. Um, but that kind of brings me to cover one. Now I'm going to talk about exclusively their man to man packages, their man match packages, which is mostly cover one, one deep safety with man match across the board, everywhere else on all five eligibles. Um, there are variations to that that I'll go into kind of the details of what the, what's different there. But the main point is that it is man match coverage, which is like more pure than the man match quarters that Zimmer ran for so long. Um, there's less checking. There's less switching. There's less passing off. There's less in the middle, no push calls or under calls and smash calls and all. Uh, there's a lot of those complexities are sort of wiped away in the cover one world. And it's just, okay, I have the number two. If I'm the slot corner, I got the number two. And whoever ends up being the number two, I got him. And after, you know, five yards, whoever's the second innermost guy, I just have that. And once I bought him, I can't sell him. And I'm just covering that dude, man to man. Good luck. Um, There's a lot less complexity. And hopefully that means you get better execution. You're not going to have coverage busts and crazy stuff. And, And boy, we sure did suffer from that last year. So... I guess that's a welcome change. Um, But what that means is that you need guys that can play both press and off man coverage at every level of the secondary. Somebody that you can trust on the outside without a lot of over-the-top help because in cover one, that one deep safety is playing middle third. He's not playing the entire deep part of the field. He is lined up in the middle of the field, middle of the field closed defense, and you can't really expect him to break on something down the sideline. That's too much grass for a safety to cover. So that corner has to hold up. So you need a corner that can hold up deep and to the outside, else they kill you with go balls all day long, which the Vikings were on the right end of that a whole bunch last year to Justin Jefferson in huge spots. You may remember uh, Jefferson stepping over Marshawn Lattimore in London. That was that situation. Um, So there you go. They need corners who can cover and they need like nine of them. So there's your 
extremely in detail <laughs> insight. Of course, that is just a start. Um, we'll get a lot more intimate with it in just a moment here. Um, but before we do that, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Hope you all had a great Valentine's Day. And if you had a little bit of chocolate, maybe you broke uh, a chocolate embargo on on that spe- on, on a special uh, smexy day, then maybe you're going to have a little bit of a chocolate craving. Maybe the kid you copied off in math class had chocolate for the first time in a while and wants some chocolate. And for that, thank goodness, I've got access to a little bit of Built Bar because I can satisfy that chocolatey craving without sucking down a whole bunch of calories, only 130 calories in one of these bad boys, and then like 17 grams of protein because it is a protein bar, miraculously, despite coming in flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, churro, all kinds of crazy stuff. And now you could go to Sam's Club or Walmart, just pick up a box right away. You don't have to wait for delivery. You can still do that if you'd rather order from the comfort of your own home, but you can also just run out to Walmart or Sam's Club and grab some Built Bar or just go to Built.com. Moving on with this episode of the Locked on Vikings podcast. Thank you so much for making it your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out Patreon.com slash NFL. Go check out the history doc. There is never a better time of year than mid-February. You know, the league year doesn't turn over for like a whole month. Free agency's not coming for a while. We're not going to get some news for a while. This is a great time for you to go watch my seven-part documentary and a prologue totaling seven hours of Minnesota Vikings history content made it last offseason. Unbelievably proud of it. You can find it at Patreon.com slash NFL. So the basics of cover one, if you're a Madden player, you understood that already, right? Okay, that's man-to-man coverage across the board, and I have one deep safety and usually a deep defender in the middle underneath. So you've got kind of two middle zones uh, with your extra two guys. You rush four, or you don't have that extra middle zone and rush five, depending on the front and the the call. Um, And then you have man-to-man across the board. So immediately that gives us to, to the question of what do we need from our DBs, especially guys who can cover a go route. That is one of the things that beats cover one the most because your deep help isn't going to be able to get all the way over to the sideline. So you need someone who can cover on the sideline. Now, not every team can punish this, um, especially when you're rocking in college. So as I'm watching all these college corners, you know, they got these college quarterbacks just cannot make that throw all the way like opposite hash sideline 30 yards down the field. But that gets a little less common in the NFL. That said, there's still going to be some quarterbacks that just cannot hit that pass. You get up against the the Taylor Heineke's of the world. He can't hit that throw. Uh, And you don't have to worry about it as much. But Jared Goff can hit that throw. Cousins can hit that throw. Derek Carr can hit that throw. Jalen Hurts hit like four of them in the Super Bowl. So it's certainly uh, an issue. Um, And you need to be able to take that throw away and cover it. So watching on go routes is a big part for me in the draft. How do you do on go routes and how how you play it? I don't really care. I don't care if you're an off coverage guy and usually in cover one situations, it is kind of more like, okay, what are you comfortable with? If you need to get eight yards off and start, give yourself a little bit of cushion and then you can cover a go route that way, that's totally fine. If you'd rather press and get in their face because that's what you're comfortable with, that's also fine too. I do not care how you win. I just care that you win. Um, and that does open the the talent pool up for us a little bit, which is nice. So let's go into the probably the most common cover one call, which is cover one rat. Uh, this is called a million different things in other systems. It can be lurk. It can be hole, uh, depending on 
who you are and where you learned your terminology from and, and what you teach. Um, but it has your classic, you know, five man to man across the board, one deep defender, four rushing it leaves, one remaining guy that will be the quote unquote rat defender, which is just a middle zone. You you drop to essentially a landmark, usually right over the center, or maybe you can shade it toward the strong or the weak side, which is a game plan thing. And then you're watching the quarterback's eyes and you're trying to break on something and get a cool interception. In the Belichick Flores version of that, um, I, the the Vast Clinic called it Reggie. Uh, I've heard this said with a whole bunch of different words. But basically, your two linebackers, think of it as your Kendricks and we'll say your Asamoah, um, or your Kendricks and your Hicks, this would have been last year, um, will sort of two-on-one the running back. So the running back, if if they're coming out of the backfield, if he goes left, the linebacker on the left takes him. If he goes right, the linebacker on the right takes him. And the other guy becomes the rat defender. Um, and he called that Reggie. Vast called that Reggie in the clinic. That is divider leverage. So essentially, yeah, whichever way he goes, somebody's going to have leverage on him. And then that just becomes straight up man to man. That's your fifth man cover guy. And then the other guy is a rat defender, which gives you some versatility on, you know, making sure that the running back can't require the linebacker to run too far across the field. And the Vikings actually got got on that kind of thing a whole bunch with Jordan Hicks not having the speed to, to do that. So hopefully we get some faster guys like Asamoah in there this time and also ask them to cover a little bit less ground. So that can solve that problem. But again, with linebackers, you do need linebackers that can man cover a running back. These zone droppers or guys that just can't keep up with somebody like uh, Aaron Jones or um, Khalil Herbert or whoever, you know, the, the premier running backs of the NFC North will be. You have to be able to keep up with with those guys you know the tony pollards for one that gave the vikings quite a few fits so we're looking for man-to-man cover ability and the other thing about this the way the patriots did it with flores and i believe the way the dolphins did it as well although i've got a little bit less research on that but um the patriots in particular this worked really well for them and especially 2018 the 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 super bowl against the rams year um that they were really good at never asking their players to do anything but what they were good at. For example, versus three by one with three wide receivers on one side and, and one wide receiver, usually a really good one on the other, um, their check for that would be that the strong safety would become a man-to-man cover guy and cover the number three receiver, the innermost guy, and their free safety would go over the top. And that would always be the same guy. So here it would be like always asking Harrison Smith to do the man coverage or Lewis, whoever you think is better at that, right? It would, it would be always the same guy. So if you were an offense and you lined up in, in three by one, you saw Harrison Smith come down and line up over the three, that is telling you, okay, they're in cover one and they're going to do this, right? Like that is tipping your hand. And that's a weakness of it, I guess. But in exchange, it's a trade-off. In exchange, you get... Uh, execution. You get really simplistic assignments. Nobody's going to screw it up. Yeah, the quarterback knows I have this guy, and if he wants that matchup, he's going to go attack it, but I know exactly what I'm going to do. There's no way I can screw up this coverage. I just have to win my rep. And that, so that's there's your trade-off. You're kind of this simplicity, this, this security and execution in exchange for variability and disguise and um, deception. So that means versatility in defensive backs is actually really valuable to us with this system. Because if you have a very specialized guy, 
we do have a way to just give him the same role every time and never ask him to go outside his comfort zone, and he can probably make a living doing that. But if you have a bunch of guys that are good at a whole bunch of things, you don't have to make that trade-off. You can screw with it a little bit. You, you can kind of make it a little bit more nebulous as to who is doing what and make it harder for quarterbacks to read without asking somebody to do something that they're bad at because they're all at least okay at everything. That versatility kind of allows you to have your cake and eat it too. And so I'm also looking for, for versatile skill sets when it comes to defensive back. So I want you to be able to cover goes and I want you to have a versatile skill set. Um, in the same family here is cover one robber which is a very similar structure, except instead of um, the safeties, one of the safeties coming down and covering a wide receiver, one safety is your high zone and the other safety is going to kind of poach something over the middle. He's the robber zone, which is basically the same thing as the rat zone. You're hitting the same landmark, but you're coming to it from high with more stuff in front of you that you can see rather than lining up in the box and roboting back to it, which is... Um, like a technique where you take two steps toward the run, and then if it's a play action or if it's a pass, you uh, back off into a landmark. So it's just kind of it's coming from a different direction in a different setup. But by the time everybody's hit their landmarks and is in coverage, it will look functionally identical to cover one rat, just different guys in different spots. There are a few other variants I want to get to. I'm not going to have time to get to all of it. Again, just go watch the Vast Clinic. It's two hours, and you'll get it. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll do my best to relay what I know about it and try to apply it a little more to the Vikings. Um, but hey, first, grambling is not over just because the NFL season is, it's the midway point of the NBA season. And that means you can get grambling on that. We got lots of information on all of these teams and you can get yourself a grambling. You can, of course, do that at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And that's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets that you get back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Pays out instantly. Bet on whatever. Money line, point scorers, uh, three-pointers, spreads, whatever you want. And you can even combine a bunch of bets for a same-game parlay for a better payout. And then if you don't win you get bonus bets. That is your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more about that. No-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Moving on with a scheme episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. Again, if you are an avid Madden player, I probably haven't gone over anything that you didn't already like know too crazy, right? You already probably knew that cover one rat is when a linebacker is, is that underneath zone and cover one robber is when a safety is that underneath zone and then otherwise it's man to man across the board. So here's some other ones that they do. And, and um, the one that Coach Vass likes the most is one double. It's one double like, and then a jersey number. So against the Vikings, it would be one double 18, which is cover one. But instead of having an extra guy uh, lurking underneath in a zone, that extra guy is double teaming Justin Jefferson with wh whoever would be in man coverage with him uh, either way. So we'll, we're, we're going to play the Bengals next year. So like one double one would be a, a pretty good play call. I think something that they'll probably prepare for that game as a way of trying to neutralize Jamar Chase. Um, or, you know, when they go up against the Eagles, one double six, if you want to you know, really hone in on Devontae Smith or one double eleven if you want to hone in on AJ Brown and you feel good about somebody man covering the other guy. 
that one's fairly simple. It's a good tool against like superstar wide receivers, you know, go up against Terry McLaurin if you if you have to go up against Washington. Um, but to do that, you need to have, like if you do that against the Bengals and you say one double one, we're going to double team Jamar Chase, you need to have someone on your roster who can cover T. Higgins with no help because that guy's not going to have any help. You're putting too much attention on Jamar Chase. And now that's where, if you know, when the Bengals see that, it's, it's T. Higgins time. So you need a corner who can go with T. Higgins. Now, Saying, I need a corner who can keep up with T. Higgins is a much less daunting task than I need a corner who can keep up with Jamar Chase, uh, but it's still far from a gimme. So that is another thing that, like, we don't need Darrell Revis man coverage, but we do need somebody who can keep up with wide receiver twos if we're going to call this one double jersey number deal. Um one that I think is really fun is Cougar One Rat, which is the same idea as Cover One Rat, but the personnel is very different. You have it's a it's a dime package with six defensive backs, three corners, and three safeties. Um, and one of those safeties will kind of play linebacker. This is a little bit J. Ron Curse ish uh, for a, a a blast from the Vikings past, but he's doing great in Dallas. Um, and he will cover slash Green Dog the running back. So instead of having two linebackers and you're kind of saying, well, if he goes your way, he's yours. And if he goes my way, he's mine. You'll have one linebacker or safety or hybrid type player that will line up often on the line of scrimmage. um, And you'll blitz from these packages a lot as well. So you can kind of simulate a pressure there. And then he will man cover the running back. So he'll line up on the line of scrimmage on the same side of the running back and man cover there. And then if the running back is in the protection, you become a blitzer anyways. And that's called green dogging. Um, And then you have like a a true linebacker, like an Eric Kendricks, playing middle zone, playing the rat. And then everything else plays out about the same from there. Um, It's a way to get a lot more speed on the field. And this kind of thing gave a team like the Ravens fits. The Chargers had a similar package in the playoffs a few years ago, uh, and the Patriots had something similar ready for... uh, Actually, I think Flores used this a lot with the Dolphins and gave the Ravens fits as well. This was really big against Lamar Jackson, who, you know, that the Ravens were built with so much speed and being able to get that extra speed on the field really helped neutralize that attack. Um, there's a drop eight variant called mole that you won't see a lot of, but it's part of it. And that means, you know, it's a, it's a three man rush package where you have cover one, but it, or some people call it cover one, double rat, I guess, where you have cover one, you have your deep safety, uh, in the middle, you've got your man across the board, but instead of one underneath defender lurking, trying to pick stuff off, you have two. Um, this was really helpful in the red zone. Um, but they didn't, it was a very uh, uh, like tertiary coverage. Um, they also have cover five, or you probably know it as cover two man, which is the same thing, man to man across the board. But instead of having a deep middle and a shallow middle, you've got two deep safeties playing half technique. Um, I think this will be a very important tool for every defense. I think this is going to be the two man is going to be a really big part of the new like NFL metagame. Um, because of the insane influx of wide receiver talent that has hit the NFL in the last three, four years, the 2020 class, the 2021 class, just like stacked to the brim with insane talent. And the cornerback talent has not really caught up. Um, so there is a very disparate, there's just better wideouts than corners in the league right now. And I think that means a lot of teams are going to be giving those corners safety help a lot. And two men, I think is going to be 
like really threads that needle and is is the answer to that problem. So I think we're going to see a lot of two man across the league, and I would not be surprised to see the Vikings uh, participate their fair share in that as well. So that gives me a couple of things. For one, if you're going to be in these weird dime packages, you need depth at D back. Um, so this is your you know Josh Metellus is seeing the field. If we're going to do this like Cougar one rat thing, right? Josh Metellus might be that guy covering a running back, or he might be you know, uh, the the middle deep defender and you have Harrison Smith cover the running back and also simulate a pressure and sometimes you'll blitz him. Um, but you need to be able to rely on those guys as rotational pieces and not just special teamers, which I think for like Metellus himself, I think he does, satis- he checks that box for me. Uh, but you need that at like cornerback too. You can't just have starter, starter, nickel corner, starter, and then backup, backup, nickel corner, backup. You need guys that you feel like they can come in and do a couple plays um, and and be rotational pieces. They don't need to be starting quality, but they do need to be somebody you can trust coming in. Um, again, I'm a big fan of bringing Duke Shelley back if, if that's how things work out, because I do think he checks that box as well. Um, and then with, with two-man, if you do want to live in a world of, of playing two-man, you can put up with slower corners. Again, I don't need you to be able to get up in press and then bail out and you know, cover everything down the sideline perfectly with, with crazy speed because I can call two man and then you don't have to have as much speed. You're still man covering. It's not like true cover two where you're playing squat and you're playing underneath a guy. Um, but you do have help over the top. You've got a sort of a safety net. I, because I don't care about how you win as a corner, if you're a slow corner, but you win by, you know, with good technique, like Patrick Peterson, I think can work with this logic um if you win with technique and smarts and stuff um that totally works and i don't want to get too bogged down in who is now being fast obviously helps you win um but i'm focusing on do you win not do you win and by being fast um but i'm sure there's going to be overlap in a lot of like that i don't think that those things will come into conflict very often uh but it does mean that like speed is not a must at corner for the Brian Flores defense in the same way it is for something like cover three, where you need guys bailing out a whole bunch or like what Christian Gonzalez did at Oregon. He needed to be fast enough for that. Um, And that's a little bit harder to find. We can find ways to work with a slow corner. If that's what it comes down to, obviously don't just, how about just, it doesn't come down to that and get guys that are fast enough anyways. But they have tools and ways to answer that if that's a problem. Hopefully that made some sense. I know it's a little disjointed and that is only just one package of the playbook. That's only one page of it. They've still got a cover three package. They've got their zero packages of coverage that we haven't really talked about at all. Although zero coverage is pretty much just man to man across the board and everybody else is blitzing. It's a lot simpler, I think, and a lot easier to go over. I think the Fangio scheme, like this time last year, learning the Fangio scheme, I was a lot more overwhelmed. Uh, and I guess that's nice for us as fans. Hopefully it doesn't mean that we're too easy to pick apart by veteran quarterbacks that have seen all these things. Uh, we'll talk about something tomorrow. Maybe we'll do a draft pick or something. I got a few holstered and I don't know if I want to wait to just do one every Monday, but also we got a lot of time till the draft, so we don't need to be in any hurry. We'll talk about whatever we want to talk about. See y'all tomorrow. And as always, skull.